you ever send money abroad? I'm in Costa Rica right now soaking up the jungle magic, but my home is still in Aruba, my business is still in Sweden, so being able to keep things running as I travel around the world is so important. And if you have this need in your life, whether for your business or personal ventures, check out TransferWise. TransferWise is the best way to send money overseas for several reasons, but the biggest one is the exchange rate. When you send money with other, older methods, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate, like the one you'll find on Google. They mark up that rate and pocket the difference. Now, at TransferWise, they say, if the rates pretend, you must not send. TransferWise is different. It was started by two immigrants who were tired of getting ripped off when they were sending money back home and were determined to fix the system. They developed smart technology, they hired clever people, and seven years and over four million customers later, their company TransferWise gives you the real exchange rate every time you send money between over 70 currencies. You pay only a small upfront fee, and in the end, more of your money gets to the other side. TransferWise also has a free multi-currency account that lets you hold over 40 currencies at once and convert them whenever you like, and a referral program that rewards you for spreading the word. This is the fairer, friendlier future of finance. Try saying that 10 times fast. Test them out for free at transferwise.com slash yoga or download the app that's transferwise.com slash yoga. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. And I am sitting sort of a surreal, weird, universal moment of my life right now. I am sitting at the top of a penthouse overlooking the ocean and a pool with the intergalactic goddess herself, Ashley Albrand. Welcome to the show. Wow. <laughs> Hi, Rachel, my favorite person. <laughs> like, I don't know how to introduce you. Like, should yeah. I say this, this, this? Like, no, that came yeah. out. <laughs> No, this is absolutely magical. We barely made it like to get to this point today and it feels like a magical carpet ride. So, but I feel super excited to sit in front of you anytime ever. You're my favorite. You're my queen. I You're my you. queen. This is you. so funny. I love you. I love how we like, we admire each other. <laughs> You teach like, me so much. I love much. Ashley. And you're like, I love Rachel. And then we see each other once every two years. <laughs> I know. I haven't seen you since April of 2017 when we recorded the first time. Crazy. So for everyone listening, we have actually, the podcast that we did was one of the, I think the third or the fourth show ever. And it's about overcoming adversity and, and you know, living a life of having overcome trauma. And it's really highly listened. So your voice is, you know, people are ready to hear it. And I'm just... So excited that we're able to do this again. So a little background info for anyone who hasn't listened to that episode. Ashley and I go way back. Someone asked me yesterday at the retreat, like, so how did you and Ashley meet? And I couldn't answer. Yeah. I I mean, I think social media is the first thing that brought us together because you lived in Aruba and I lived in California. So social media brought us together and we had similar yoga, baby yoga upbringings (laughs) in a lot of ways, I feel. Yeah, And we connected really beautifully over, well, you first jumped out at me in your social media because it was kind of wild. And I was in a pregnancy phase where I was like thinking it was too wild. And so you taught me because I was looking at what you were doing and not necessarily vibing. I didn't understand it. And then like maybe two years later, I was like, oh my God, she's a genius. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just taught me so much. This is the long story short is you're my BFF. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> I joked you were my husband the other day and someone thought that was really weird, but you know, 
I have multiple uh, energies within me, and I connect with you in so many of them. So, but same, we met, same. we met through social media. I'd say, so yeah, first, yeah. But I just, I couldn't remember. Like, I could, I was trying to think back of like the first time we like met men, and I just, I couldn't. I can't remember. Like, I have relationships like that where I look back and it's like, oh, we just always kind of knew each other. I remember the first time we actually met. Yeah, I can remember that. At a show, at a show, at a uh, class you did in LA. And I brought my bus and then I drove you back to your hotel in the bus and we sat across from each other at the booth. And I felt like I was sitting across from like an ancient energy worker that I had been reconnected with in another lifetime. <laughs> and it, we were going up this crazy hill in this bus and it was just insane. I remember. And nothing was attached to the walls. Like you guys had uh-huh. just got on the bus and things were like flying all over we're, the place. Yeah, it was. And you for some reason said yes. I was like, we'll drive you home. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the ride on the bus. And we day. shared stories about, you know, yoga teachers that we had shared. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I bonded over that. And mm. yeah, and then from there, it's just been yeah, so, so much things. has changed since then. I mean, for yeah. both of us. Yeah. Like, really, really. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we both had a lot of trials since then, a lot of struggles since then, a lot of clarity since then. Definitely. 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 I, I feel like, almost, and this, for you especially, I was telling Dennis just, just yesterday, I was like watching you in your family constellation it's epic oh i mean it is you're like you're like a grandmother now you have this like old wisdom that just comes with it's like you know you're supported now where before you had to do everything yourself oh my and it's God. changed everything like you can sense it in you from afar thank you i have come far with my relationship with god god is source i am and it used to be that i felt the fear of what am i going to get how am i going to get it how am i going to get to a from point a to point b financially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And now I have really strengthened my relationship with source to the point where I just know Hmm. even if it's $1 I'm going to need, it's going to happen. Even if it's, it could be anything, but when we relax and trust and let go and honor the energies that are supporting us. And apparently we all have a legion of angels. So there's so much energy holding us up and anything that's not that is in the mind Hmm. and fear. If we're holding on to fear or thinking about the fear of not having it just keeps us in a vibrational pattern of not having of not yeah, yeah kind of not having but definitely struggling mm-hmm. in the process i think you still will always have mm-hmm. you can struggle against it and you'll still have or you can flow with it and you'll still have but we're always going to be supported and provided for and it's waking up to that reality that we are children of the earth and creatures of an infinite energy and we are an extension of that energy and we are that energy and so even though there's horrible things happening in the world and we're all waking up once you awaken you actually do get to transcend some of the sufferings on this planet that we don't get to transcend when we're not awake Mm. if that makes sense Mm. and you think that the struggles are a necessary part of that awakening can we awaken without the struggle I don't know. I couldn't. <laughs> I was talking about this the other day that it's like sandpaper, you know, to smooth and shine the diamond. You do need. We're sleepy. We're sleepy in our complacency. We're sleepy in our, I call it the lucid dream. I taught a class <laughs> at your retreat called Wake My Lucid Dream because we're in this reality that's multidimensional. It's holographic, really. And it's ancient. We've had it many lifetimes. So we're remembering Like the tattoo I got last night. This has already been on my body. It was revealed in this lifetime again. That's how I could trust and know that it was going to go perfectly. I got a tap tattoo. I believe in the tap tattooing because it activates the energy center and the portal that 
uh, it, mm. wherever you tap is where it opens. You know, my sister does that. She's I not know. into this. I mean, she's in a different different realm for sure. But, but she's doing her work with yeah. that. That is a medicine and it's a, it's a grandmother medicine. And she's doing that work even though she doesn't look like a shaman or act like one maybe. It is still very shamanic. Mm. She's still a high priestess holding that space for activation. Yeah, yeah. And she's your she's, sister, duh. I mean, she's the most she's the most radical and like, I don't know, herself person in the family, I think. I mean, she's I I, I really like I look at her sometimes and I'm like, man, she's just she's in, in another dimension. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how to explain it. Like I feel like sometimes I have a hard time fully connecting with her because I feel like she's just up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, or down there. The shaman yeah, realm is no, like No, I mean like she goes yeah. between those both. Yeah, the ga- the galaxies sure. and the depths. Mm-hmm. Someone who's going to stab people repeatedly is going to be, you know, the, the poke tattoo artist mm-hmm. sits and stabs. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that meditation? Crazy. I don't want to do crazy. that work. <laughs> That's, yeah, and, and I'm telling you, way. it really does activate you. It opens up your energy center. Oh, man. It's trippy. <laughs> so hey, for someone who's listening who maybe doesn't know you, yeah, if we rewind a little bit. Ashley yeah. Albrand, who are you? What do you do? Where did you oh, come yeah. from? I How did am, you get here? <laughs> I'm a priestess. I'm a shamanic healer and tantric goddess. So I've spent lifetimes dancing the dance. I've been told I'm a royal a, a royal queen. And I believe that all the women that come in contact with me are also of that same royal bloodline. Like, it's ancient. And here I am again, here to lead women towards self-love and actually to wake up. We're here to wake up. We're here to get activated. And we're here to remember the ways of our ancestors. And it's through that remembrance that we'll heal the heal the earth and it might take a few hundred years it's not all going to happen right away but to trust and relax and have faith in the source that is orchestrating all of this and that there is a divine plan that's what I'm here to do I'm here to communicate that so what does that look like in a day-to-day what does that look like that looks like for yoga practitioners that might look like my teacher training program to come and get activated for everyday life I definitely evolve through the family dynamic I have definitely karma there Obviously, I've got four kids. So my own patterns and my patterns with my family. And then I have a, a Instagram channel that I I really do feel that the Instagram has been a huge part of why I'm here in this lifetime is to help deliver the energy to the people in the ways that I am the channel for. And same with you. Hmm. I really feel strongly that it's not just social media. It's Because before I worked for others and I had to go to many, many yoga studios just to make enough money to, you know, do anything at all. So So many people go through that, though. I mean, it's also how do you encourage people that, you know, they they come to your teacher training, they have the activation, they leave, they're inspired. How do you encourage them to go out there and make a living doing this kind of work? To look around and see how much people need activation and that you don't have to compete in yoga, that there's enough people in the world that need yoga. Like we've talked about this before, and I know you've actually repeated this, so maybe that's why it's being repeated again, but that it's team yoga and it's team consciousness and it's team spirit. And there's more people than there is light workers. There's more people needing activating than there is light workers trying to get the money. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I always ask spirit, like, where is it going to come from? How am I going to do this? And the universe always answers back the infinite place. 
the money, the people, the energy, all of it's going to come from the infinite place that is a, a place for everyone to pull from. There's enough for everyone. So to go out there and realize that you are an infinite creator in this body now, and it's such a gift to be here and to have this body, not only to love this body, but walk in a way that is influential and don't and try hard not to let other people take you down because the darkness kind of seeks the light. Hmm, hmm, so hmm. yeah, that looks like trying to just try also just trying to be mellow. I'm trying to be mellow because I've had a lot of things in my life and I've got a lot of fire and so I need to Same, girl, yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to be mellow. Just as things happen, breathing through them and and trying to hold the space in that way too. Hmm. On, that's not easy. I mean, no, for anyone. Some people, though. Some people are more chill. <laughs> both of our husbands or both of our men, yeah, are more chill, mellow. I mean, Ian's got his yeah. his fireside. Yeah, he gets like stressed out, but he really needs much more yoga than he's getting. We've mm. just had the newborn twins, so mm. we're let's talk about yeah. that. <laughs> so we got a bunch of questions. So you have a lot of people that follow you on on social, and they also follow me. Some of them, and they get really excited that we're sitting here having this conversation. Yeah. But thank um, you, everyone, for <laughs> loving us. We are so grateful. So grateful. Yeah, and the most the most asked question by far. So. Five and a half months ago, you did not just have twins, but you had surprise twins. And not just surprise twins as in like, oh my God, I didn't know I had twins. And then I found out I was going to have twins. But you found out you were having twins as they came out of your yeah. vagina. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that because okay. it's the most epic thing ever. I called it I called it the birth heard round the world because <laughs> I got like, I mean, literally, can you imagine a birth like helping your social media? I thank you to all the new followers because of the birth. And thank you to Empowered Birth Project for sharing my birth story. Mm-hmm. That was so sweet of you and several others. Yeah, we uh, had the twins at my house in Costa Rica in the bathtub. And because my second daughter was 10 and a half pounds and I was literally the size of a house, I just did not think that this was twins. Looking back, like there's definitely signs and it's kind of like, um, there would be times when both babies were like moving their limbs and we'd be like, what is that? Like, (laughs) what is that? It's head. Like I thought its head was down below. Like her head was popping up and. I just thought maybe he had turned because I really thought I was having a boy. And the funny part is I grieved the girl the whole pregnancy. I felt like, why do I not like only want a boy? Why, why do I want it? I'm going to have to have another baby. I was like, I'm planning my next child and I really hope I can have a girl because I, I was oddly grieving the girl. You wanted to have a girl. I wanted yeah. a girl. And I was like, why do I not like accept my son? And it was a trip for me for several months, but turns out it wasn't that I didn't accept my son. It was that I was needing to look deeper into that. And that I there even, was one of each there coming. Was one of each coming. And I literally looked over several times during the pregnancy and be like, it's not twins. Like people think it's twins. People kept saying it's twins. It's twins. But you were annoyed by it. Like so annoyed. So annoyed. Because they did it to me with my second child too. Everywhere I went. And I think that literally set up this because if I had thought it was going to be twins because I was enormous. I was so big and so heavy. I was so embarrassed. I felt with Bavani, like... Bavani, you mean? No, actually with the twins. With Bavani, I was just learning how to free birth. So at that point, I was not taking in anything external. Yeah, maybe before you tell this story, can you share a little... Because you have two yeah. girls. 
I have two daughters that are seven now and five and a half, almost six. Not five and a half. She's almost six in April. And my first birth was a hospital birth because the home birth went awry. My midwife suggested I drink castor oil and it sent me into sickness the whole day and I was so dehydrated. I needed fluids. They couldn't give me fluids because they claimed that my veins were not were shrunk. They couldn't get the needle in. So I just had to go to the hospital and she just came out there, my first daughter. So this started me on a journey. And was that a negative birth? Like, did you have, you know, challenges with that? I mean, her head tore me open. So I was sewn sewn closed with no anesthesia, which is a birth trauma. And it's okay though. You know, we all have birth traumas and we're all healing from many lifetimes of trauma, ancestral trauma. So our family's trauma is in our body. Our mother's mother, our all of it is ancestral. It's encoded in our DNA. And we come into this lifetime with that trauma. So for me, that was really awakening and that there is trauma. Not everything is perfect. Like, yeah, you might have the perfect birth plan, but and now even longer in the road, I've real down the road I've realized that birth is so faded. A lot of things are so faded and to go with the flow and to try to really go with the flow. So anyways, that birth was not my most amazing birth and I wanted a better birth and I didn't want a better birth right away, but then I was pregnant nine months later. So I heard right after that, right when I took the test is, you know, you get to do this alone and by the way you want to do it. And I'm actually much more like that. I'm kind of a hermit. I like to be alone. I process things emotionally when I'm alone and I haven't been alone in a really long time. (laughs) Remember the day. Yeah. I'm not like the type of woman that wants to birth with my legs spread wide. Like it's just not, I'm more like going inward, like a seed state. So that was another driving force was the humiliation of the first birth. It really felt like a humiliation to me being laid flat on my back with my legs and stirrups and I couldn't get that thing off my stomach. They put the heart monitor thing around your stomach. I didn't like it. it they were taking my address while she was crowning. What? Yeah, it was just multiple things that were weird. So I do believe in hospitals as a help for things that are going wrong. But I don't, don't feel that it's like a natural or normal place to actually want to have a birth. It, we need birthing centers and we need... We need women to be treated like so tenderly and so amazing. And that's not happening yet in birth consciousness. So the second uh, pregnancy, definitely I was told in my third eye from an unknown voice, you know, you get to do this alone and you need to watch your intake of information externally. And I'd had this vision of like wanting to just meditate for nine months, you know, and birth my child in the woods. So I did. I didn't have a single (laughs) ultrasound. (laughs) I didn't go to a single doctor's appointment. I just told the universe, if something needs looked at, give me the intuitive guidance that I need to go to the hospital or, you know, and I really prayed and prayed and prayed and stayed in my meditation, but everybody kept saying, it's twins, it's twins, it's twins. And I kept tuning in with my belly and I didn't feel that at all. So when my one daughter came out uh, in my home, In the woods. In the woods, in a treehouse, actually, in a pool of water in my treehouse bedroom. It was just amazing. My birth was galactic. It was so incredible. The water broke, a white light, like, shot from my third eye to my yoni. The water broke. I would sit down and fall asleep in between contractions and then stand up and circle my hips. And I, there's an amazing birth documentary called Birth As We Know It. 
And you can get that on the Birth Into Being website. It's like 20 bucks to download. And it will teach you how to circle your hips for the contraction that they call, which I call like the energy. To me, the contraction is great spirit pummeling through your body to literally widen your bones. It's to open you up so your baby can drop through. And it's powerful and good. But when you fractal your hips, that's the kundalini energy. You open your body up to the vortex of the fractal, which is happening at every level of, right? Every Mm. cell, everything in nature, everything, every inanimate and every animate, as I say it, inanimate, inanimate. Inanimate object, yeah. Yeah, is fractaling at a cellular level. So when you tune into that, it helps you open up your cervix. It's it's like the recipe. And for whatever reason- I had some of that like really- Early in the in the in the birth, I remember like waking up four in the morning and it was starting and I knew and my intuition was just to go down in the kitchen and I lit all my candles and I put on music and I just did that for for hours, like mm-hmm. for a really long time alone, just like yeah. moving my hips. Circling. Yeah, circling, like the Sufi like the Sufi grind. Exactly. So yeah. that's But then I got to a point where it was like it was just really hard to move. Yeah. No. And first births are usually like the harder ones. So, you know, I feel I strongly feel that if you had set the intention to birth again in a more private set and setting, but you're you had a you had a great birth actually. Your birth No, in all I truth, had you really, had a great birth. In all truth, yes, yes, yeah, but I was back. looking back and I mean, we were the only ones at the hospital. We lit yeah. our sage and incense and candles in the hospital yeah. room. Like there was no one there, no light. Yeah. Like so it was, you know, the scenario I envisioned, but not at home. Yeah. But and just we that's home. not common, though, the hospital setting like no, that. No, so. I mean, and we live in a place like you're the only birth in the hospital. Right. I have, I was just talking about this with a, a good friend of mine from Sweden who had one of those stories where it's just so crowded. Like they put her in the coffee lounge area to labor because there was oh no rooms God. for her and there's nowhere else to go and everything is booked up, booked up, booked up. And there were so many other women like in the same kind of stages birthing at the same time. So she was 10 centimeters and they come in and they say, we have to give you an epidural to stop because we can't. Okay. Yeah. That's so they abusive. gave her an epidural 20 hours later, like her baby was still not out and that's she ended abusive. up having this really... And I was like, how, you know, I didn't want to say that, but like in that stage, it's not like you can accept anything else. You're so exhausted, so tired. You don't know, you know, and the doctor says, this is it. You have to do this. It's like you're in this very disempowered position. And she looks at it. She's like, no, it wasn't terrible because the baby came out fine. I'm fine. Maybe these other women needed their attention way more. But just the fact that there was another option, like it was never really introduced. Yeah. And I was like, what if you were at home and you were 10 centimeters? It would come out. Yeah, and you had someone to guide you, you know, yeah. you would have had the baby then. Yeah. We need way yeah. more options in birth is options. basically the options. <laughs> we're yeah. calling for options universe and <laughs> we're calling for freedom and we're calling for sovereignty. Yeah. It's really what we're sovereignty. Yeah, we want to yeah. be sovereign. We want to be the leader of our own birth and we want to choose things that are going to be in alignment with what we're feeling because I don't believe anyone outside of you can actually deliver your baby. It's you. Hmm. You're the only one. And it's actually not that far from the baby to the opening. So I feel we've kind of tripped out a little bit. We need to like go way back and release all this. It should be this. It should be that. And just let spirit show us the way. Connecting to spirit though is the first step. And so a lot of women don't have that and that that strong connection with great spirit, which everything is going to be provided for you. And I do believe that, you know, the births and the deaths are fated. It's written in time. So there is no mistakes. Hmm. People don't accidentally die. I truly believe that the soul departs. And this is what astrology teaches. And 
many of the the healers and the mystics and the sages, they teach that, you know, when the soul departs this body, that is a faded moment. And that is anytime a relationship ends because of a death, that the two souls have a contract for the amount of time that they will be together in the flesh on this planet. And that that is absolutely written. Mm. So, so it's not like someone gets, you know, you say, oh, well, he or she didn't get enough time. Well, like that was the time. That was the time. And that yeah. was the time that they wanted. Otherwise, it would be different. The confirmation is that it's happening. Mm-hmm. The confirmation is that's the way it went. You know, I can trust the way it's going. More than we think, we need to relax and trust what is and the way it's going. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. We all want to do the right thing to keep our bodies healthy in the long run. I try really hard to eat my kale salads and drink my green smoothies on the regular, but sometimes it's just not possible every day. Even if I did, being vegan on the island of Aruba makes grocery shopping getting all my essential nutrients a little bit tricky. Enter Ritual, the obsessively researched vitamin for women. Ritual's essentials have the nutrients most of us don't get enough of from food, all in their clean, absorbable forms. No shady additives or ingredients that can do more harm to your body than good. Two easy-to-take capsules provides nine nutrients you need to support a strong foundation for your health. You can take them every morning with breakfast. Ritual is the multivitamin reimagined. From D3 to omega-3, Ritual's Essential for Women helps fill the gaps in a woman's diet. The no-nausea capsule design is gentle even on an empty stomach, and there's a mint tab in every bottle to keep things fresh, so you don't have to get that fishy aftertaste common with most omega-3s. On top of that, Ritual is trained and transparent in more ways than one. The super cool oil in beadlet design is completely see-through, and for obsessive label readers like myself, all of Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients and all their sources are 100% out there for the whole world to see on their website. For your added convenience, Ritual is subscription-based. For $1 a day, Ritual is delivered right to your door, no strings attached. Keep on top of your health and start a new Ritual. Better health doesn't happen overnight. Help fill the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash yogagirl to start your Ritual today. That's ritual.com slash yogagirl. Um, so back to the birth real quick. Bhavani's birth was so epic and so galactivated and so amazing. And I birthed her within, it was like three hours and 40 minutes from 4 a.m. She was born at 7.42 a.m. And it was all by myself. You know, I did that. Like I got in the pool and <laughs> pull, you know, oh, it's amazing. And have you had negative, you know, if you talk about that, people saying, oh, well, because whenever I share stories like that, like it was really important for me when I was pregnant to read those really empowering stories of mm-hmm. women who did it their way and yeah. not, you know, without fear. And I read yeah. so much of that. And then they would share some of those stories. Oh, well, you know, I read about this woman and this woman and your birth and this mm-hmm. and that. And then sometimes people would say that, but that's so irresponsible. You know, yeah. what if something would happen and then you're out in the woods and you're not by the hospital and so yeah. what do you say to people who, who react I that say way? that they actually don't have a connection to meditation and to truth consciousness, which is that source energy is available to tap into and it's a muscle that you flex and you learn it and you have nine months to tune into not only sources wisdom and guidance but your babies read the golden cradle read spirit babies and recognize your baby is communicating with you at a soul level during the pregnancy so you're going to be supported if you need to go to the hospital for whatever reason for your fated birth you're going to be told to go to the hospital and you want to tune into the meditative energies inside of you 
And that's going to take some women more time than others to start this journey of learning mm -hmm. how to meditate with the energies. And there are many, there are many angels, there are many energies, there are many spirit guides, many totems, many frequencies all around. So, so what about for someone, if someone who's listening right now maybe is pregnant mm -hmm. and is in that space of in-between? Yeah. You know, maybe not feeling total trust to stay mm -hmm. at home. But yeah, but maybe wants wanting. to stay at home, yeah. but doesn't. Yeah, definitely desire is a key. Let's talk about desire for one second. I've spent most of my life going like against my desire. For whatever reason, I feel we have been kind of brainwashed or trained or as a society at large, we are shamed for pleasure a little bit. So I've learned that the desire is the actual thing that is the confirmation that you're going to get it in this life, whatever it is you're wanting. And it's as simple as that. So the fact that you desire it means that it's on the way? Uh-huh. You can about? get in your own way and you can slow it down or you can open up to source and speed up the process. But hmm. I truly believe that what we want is coming. What's okay, you meant for you can't miss. the other day too. Yeah. yeah. I mean... I'm not entirely 100% convinced. But mm -hmm. I also feel like there's different levels of desire. You know, there's desire that arise from this idea of our, you know, maybe that's not, it comes from the mind. Maybe it comes from okay. a wound. It comes from something like, oh, sure. I need to be the most successful person in the world to prove something, you know, right. but then the actual desire is maybe to be accepted. I would accepted. call that an entity. <laughs> okay. So I would say it. that's something inside of you that is, you know, you maybe have created a pattern within you that with a thought, maybe it stemmed from childhood or how you were treated as a child. You might have an unconscious passageway. We all do. We all have unconsciousness that is radiating out, creating for us as well as consciousness. So it's about tuning into your consciousness and knowing that you actually are definitely partly directing what's happening in this life, but it's also mixed with what you've already created for lifetimes so where you've been has created energy in motion and it's happening now we're remembering so bad stuff's gonna happen but it's all good because it makes us stronger which is what we actually wanted to come here for hmm. we want to wake up we want to get out of this kind of sleepy complacent vibration which for lifetimes all of us have been in it's been 2,000 years of patriarchal conditioning We're stepping into the age of Aquarius now, which is going to take several hundred years for the old to collapse and the new to be created, but it's definitely happening whether you are conscious of it or not. We are awakening, truly. We are awakening. No. Yeah. I mean, you can see that everywhere. Things are changing. Yeah. Old structures are falling. Right. And uh, it's slow, but it's happening. And so same thing with what you desire is coming. Mm. It is. It's just not coming as fast as we want. And we're tweaking out our insides with fastness, mm. which dulls our senses. And so it really is the practice of slowing down, slowing down, accepting what is, breathing through the challenges. And it's all coming in the time that it's meant to come. Mm. All of it. Patience is yeah. not my not my strongest side. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> For anything. But I mean... I had that the last episode of the podcast, no, maybe two episodes ago, I spoke about manifestation and I just, I had this trippy moment of, of uh, coming here. We're staying in this crazy, crazy place. Yeah. And when I lived here, you know, I was living in a shack. I had absolutely no money. But then I thought about it. I was like, I never desired that then. I had no desire, no 
at none at all for any type of financial means or to become wealthy or to have a career or to succeed. Like I just wanted to chill on the beach and meditate and do yoga. And that was it. I asked you, I go, how did you do this? And you go, I just wrote in my journal, like I want to be a well-known yoga teacher one time. <laughs> I did. I did. I shared that in the podcast. I wrote it in my notes app on my phone. Yeah. I still have it. I remember. Like 2011 or 2012 or something like that. Like I'll be a successful yoga instructor. And then I think because I didn't have the attachment to it, like it wasn't, if I look back at the things that I manifested with ease, like the studio or yeah, 108 or our house or I don't know, things that I was like, oh, this would be great if we could create that. The foundations, like the organizations, like, okay. And I just, with ease, I would write about it. I would sit down. I would visualize it like, oh yeah. And so it is. And then I would let that go. Right. So I wouldn't obsess about it. I wouldn't freak out about the fact that it hadn't happened yet. I wouldn't obsess and, you know, like cling to the idea that it must happen or else, you know, I would just kind of be really chill. It wasn't like my life depended on those things coming together. And then they just easily came together. Yeah. But I find that when I'm in a struggle, like this past year, we've been struggling a bit with different things in the business. And it's like, oh my God, we have to like figure this piece out. And then it's like this attachment to the have to, mm-hmm. and it slows it down. It makes it mm-hmm. really hard, and that energy just keeps it from happening. Right. And then I let go, and like, actually, it's not so important, and then it just fixes itself. And it fixes itself. Yeah. yeah. And I truly believe a lot of it's written in the stars, and it's our struggle towards it. You know, it's happening anyways. If mm. we, how can we surrender and just, like, relax? You know, and what you want is actually going to come true. It might not happen the first time or the second, and it does trial and error, and we learn each time, but... If you don't get what you're wanting, you get what you wanted on a soul level. Hmm. And what about people who are like in a shitty place or, you know, we've spoken also on this show a lot about privilege and white privilege and being born in this color skin and, you know, going to a, like I had a good upbringing and had a good school. And of course it's, you know, we all are born with different prerequisites and different. I mean, I am, I'm a white person and grew up in a nice neighborhood and I became a prostitute. So, hmm. it blows that theory. Yeah, but I mean, I do mean, you think for anyone it's true that everything we desire or for some people, why does it come easier for some people than others? I don't think that it comes easier. I think that people aren't awake yet. Their consciousness isn't awake yet. They don't know their infinite light. They don't know their infinite love and light avail- uh, uh, awakened to create. And it does take a lot of learning in my experience to understand that. And what about, you know, actual suppression and big pieces of population that just never were. That's definitely happening. And that's what we need to, that's the patriarchy we're talking about that needs to get taken out. They are suppressing the people that, I mean, go to any gas station. What, why is this available to eat? What is this? This isn't food. This is chemicals. There's nothing food related in a gas station for sale. Why are there so many places to buy toxic shit that's killing people? How come the animals are treated like garbage? How come the elderly are treated like garbage? How come, you know, big pharma is so intensely running the world and killing people? Why are we injecting toxins into children? Why, you know, the list goes on and on. That's what's coming to a close. So that's been 2,000 years of that, of the unconsciousness. And now we're entering in the age of Aquarius. And like I said, it's going to take a couple hundred years. Like it's not just going to crumble in a neat little bow. And we don't know. We don't know what's coming. Hmm. 
And my actual new babies, the twins, are here to actually communicate it. In their astrological chart, it shows that they're here to do things in a new way, big, and to talk about it. So, so in their first transits when they're three. So let's mm-hmm. come back when they're let's three. Come, so let's go back let's to what they say. Bhavani's birth. Yeah, so Bhavani's birth was epic and galactivated, and it just was so powerful and so amazing, and it empowered me. And then I had tandem nursing, one-and-a-half-year-old, and newborn. I put my older daughter back on the boob. I had weaned her during the pregnancy, put her back on the boob, and had two babies. And this was my first experience with Irish twins. And fast forward, you know, this past year, I'm starting to get enormous when I'm pregnant, and... Everyone's saying it's twins, it's twins, look, it's twins. And I just was irritated with that because I I think I'm over people commenting on pregnant women. I at think all. At yeah. all. It's just yeah. like, think of something else to say or how can I empower you to think mm. of something else to say? Because I don't want to be mean and be like, but at the same time, we need to wake up. So mm. how can we get, a, there's the tip, just get any pregnant woman you see, instead of asking her how she is, just get her a glass of water. <laughs> like here, or you know, get her some water, or you could give her some money because usually pregnant women need money and water. This is my tip. <laughs> Next time you see a pregnant woman, give her some water and she, some money. Yeah, she probably doesn't want to talk, and she probably doesn't want to like talk about the same questions that are asked to her over and over. So, I started really going inward in this pregnancy again, but I felt really called to deliver my own babies from the start. There was no question that it was what I wanted to do with my baby. I didn't know it was two. And we went to the doctor because for paperwork reasons, that was the main reason that I wanted to. I needed to document the pregnancy in a legal way. And, you know, I wasn't planning on ultrasound, but I didn't mind uh, him listening to the heart or anything like that. The reason I go away from medical is because I feel that I am my own midwife and I feel intelligent enough to listen to my body and understand. And I'm a deep meditator. I know how to meditate and I know how to heal my body. And so I have confidence that I will be able to hear any guidance saying you need help. I'm not saying that every woman can do that. And that to me is what, where your yoga and your meditation and your connection to spirit comes in, into play in your own birth. Mm. Um, but to trust that it is all going to work out one way or another and that birth is faded and there is some karma there. It's called the limbic code and it's a DNA thing. So however your mother birthed you, there's probably going to be a similar birth, at least one of your babies. Really? Yeah, hmm. because it's it carries on. It's generational. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process, especially for my business. I have workers around the globe in Sweden, Aruba, the US, and it can be so hard to know if I reach that special candidate when I have an opportunity open. But today, hiring can be made so easy. You only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. Put your job posting on ZipRecruiter and they send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. It's as simple as that, but yet they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology tools, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. So if you're worried about not reaching the perfect match, rest easy knowing that ZipRecruiter is looking for you. 
As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never, ever miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That leaves your time for more important things like actually running your business with a good team. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga, Y-O-G-A. ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I struggled with my mother during the pregnancy because she had four births. She doesn't remember any of them because they were all so traumatic. I mean, she remembers like fragments of it, but mm-hmm. she wasn't in control, wasn't even right. present for many of them. Mm-hmm. And she was so freaked out by the idea of me birthing at home. Actually, by the idea of me birthing at all. Right. <laughs> Everything was just so... And I, was, I had to tell her like, hey, we're not going to talk about this birth. Like, don't share any more stories about all the, you know, the hell that you went through and all this stuff. Because it was just her fear kind of imprinting on me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't need that. Yeah. And to envision the birth, how you know how you birthed me, and it's going to be that horrible for me. Like I, I want to have my own. Yeah, and yeah. they teach that that is how you heal the limbic code is by trusting and believing and preparing in a new way, preparing yourself met your through your meditation and through your pranayama and through your yoga practice, finding out what's inside your body and learning how to listen to yourself, and it's an empowerment process as well. Hmm. You know, and trusting your guides, your God your source, whatever you'd like to call the energy. Yeah, but sometimes, and I feel like it's living here, I mean, being in Costa Rica where we are right now, it's more quiet here and also more alive. Like Mm -hmm. it's easier to sit down on the ground here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this instant drop. For sure. For sure. And then when you're in a, nature definitely helps. And then when you're in a city or you're surrounded by all this, I don't know, stuff and people stressing out and work and... TV and all this stuff just coming at you, it's really hard to distinguish what's your own inner voice from what's every other voice that's every coming other my way. It's, it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Self-care is one of the huge topics of how to relax and how to meditate. So it's going to be a different path for everyone. And mm-hmm. it is unfortunate if women are so... But I do believe it is possible. I actually do believe it is possible because I have had some portals that were in the city and that were in a car or not in nature. And mm-hmm. I was still able to connect to my source. And it, the source provides for you. Mm-hmm. If you trust, it gives back. It, Terrence McKenna, the teacher that teaches, you know, jump. You think it's going to be a bed of nails, but it's a bed of feathers. Spirit's going to catch you. And it's you. It's all a absolutely divinely orchestrated plan and that's really what I get the chill saying this because that's really what I feel I'm here to speak to the world about is the divinely orchestrated angelic god consciousness that we are all gods and that we are creating it but we're also remembering we're also here to wake up and to learn and so universe is going to serve us some opportunities for growth Hmm. we're not it's not just going to be butterflies and rainbows all the time because that's not reality and that's not the reality for so many people and so to keep tuning into your lessons, because as you awaken, we can take the others with us. 
in consciousness. I got that card in our cacao ceremony yesterday. Or actually, the the Lea Luna, she like ran into the circle and she picked out a card and she's like, this is mine. And then she pointed at a card and she said, this is mama's. And she picked a card for me that was about unfinished business. And Ooh. I knew exactly what it was. And her card was all about the divine signs and that all is love and light and light and light. Oh but then when we were leaving i was like i, sh- I want to pick my own card like that she doesn't just choose for me and i got the this is fair card which is all about the pendulum and how it swings and you're going to have uncomfortable moments and then you're going to have moments that nourish you and then it's going to swing back into discomfort and then back into nourishment and that's my one of my biggest challenges really really is i get so comfortable when things are really comfortable that i don't want to the transition from comfort to discomfort mm-hmm. is really more painful than it mm-hmm. have to be than it has to be for me. I make it into a big thing. Like we get sick and I'm like, oh my God, the world is ending. You have a moon in Leo. (laughs) (laughs) You're here to do that though. And I feel that, uh, you know, that's like me with my strong fire personality. Someone has to hold that space sometimes. And sometimes it's gotta be me. There's this thing in astrology called Sabian symbols where there's like, it's like a, it's a symbol for every single one of the signs. And so my sign is the conductor with his giant stick that wraps his stick. Attention, listen to me, attention, attention, you know? And that's my personality. And so I work with that. (laughs) I work with that. How can I bring that? Like, listen, this is how it is, but in a beautiful way. I'm trying to, and my moon in cancer, I've got this soft motherly moon. So that's my big dance. And learning astrology can really help people understand a little bit more about like why I am this way. And I think the moon in Leo is definitely, it's the queen, Mm. literally. It's the child, like the heart of the child, the innocent and the love and the play. And it's sometimes the drama, but we need a little drama. It would be so boring without the Leos. Truly. My daughter has many planets in Leo. My oldest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they're in the pool right now playing with my little moon, all of them together. Okay, so you didn't know you had twins, but they listened to the heartbeat. And And why wouldn't they tell you there's two heartbeats? There wasn't. He only heard one. He only heard one. Yeah, and I truly believe that my, here we go back to astrology, but my baby girl has several planets in Scorpio. Well, they both do because they're born at the same time, but the Scorpio is like the hidden. It can be like, a little bit more elusive and I just I believe she was hiding don't they have the same exact chart how does it yeah, work with they do exactly exactly exact the same, same chart mm-hmm. does that mean they're going to grow up and be super similar always what about twins that are I totally had, opposite I had one reading with the astrologer and he just said you know you don't exactly know like which planets are going to shine more for one and which will shine more for the other hmm. but like they have Mars at 25 degrees um, Aquarius, which is the sign of the absolute rebel, like revolutionary. So Mars is a masculine planet. So we think that maybe he will be more mm-hmm. revolutionary. And then they have like several other planets in Scorpio. Maybe she will be more watery and psychic. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I've been tuning into is that she's mm-hmm. more watery and psychic and he's more like, but is it common to, to go to doctor's appointments and be pregnant with twins and for them to not hear the heartbeat I mean is it the the positioning of the babies or you know I went to this doctor like I said for paperwork for the most part so I didn't really I wasn't going to ask for his guidance and that's really a part of it it's like what are you showing up to the doctor for Mm. are you wanting the doctor to do all the work for you do you want the doctor to deliver your baby for you 
I don't even know why the doctor is delivering the baby in all truth, because in my experience, birth is psychosomatic and, and quite sexual. It's a, that's how the baby gets in. And then if you take the time in your pregnancy to understand your own energy and circle your hips and possibly, you know, touch your body to create good vibration within your body, this is kind of like a sexual energy. You're not going to need someone else to enter that vortex with you. You're going to be able to do that either by yourself or with your partner. So in all truth, I do believe that there should be, but it's not taught. No. And it's not really that known. And it's like, how do I prove it? Other Mm. than I try to tell the midwives, like, this is what has happened to me now twice. And I know a lot of other women who also say this, but there's a lot of midwives that are really not wanting us to like share that because they've had women with who've had problems. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's going to be different for everyone. And the real truth is that you're sovereign and that you get to listen. Mm-hmm. And I just want to empower women that are wanting to listen to themselves more to actually just do it. Mm-hmm. And even last night while I was getting my tattoo, the shaman was telling me, you know, keep relaxing, keep relaxing and don't analyze everything that comes out of your mouth so much because I don't want to hurt people. And like I said, I'm pretty sharp. I can be, my mom used to call me the prickly pear. <laughs> like I just, I'm, I'm a little bit blunt sometimes. And so I'm really working on that. And Heather's telling me to not do that. She's telling me to just be me and rustle those feathers, you know, pierce through, like just do it. So it's definitely a dance. So there's a listening there. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, a listen. For some there. people, it's like, ooh, there's truth there. For some people, it's like, oh, that was loud. Yeah. Yeah. Or ouch, that hurt. Yeah, or yeah. why is she so mean? Or I've definitely been accused of being mean before. And it's just so not true. I just am a little bit sharp. I'm sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor didn't hear, but then we went back for another appointment in September. And he was like, uh, I want to look in there. He was like looking at my belly, like, I want to look in that thing. What the <laughs> heck is in there? And I just was like, okay. But then I never went back because I was so close. I knew. He wanted like an ultrasound. He, he wanted, wanted an ultrasound. That's what, yeah. that's what he meant by look in there. And mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do that. I felt very strongly that that wasn't my path this time. And I stayed home. And then I went into what they call prodromal labor, which I've never heard of before. Prodromal labor is this crazy shit. You actually have contractions for like weeks or days and the baby doesn't come it's you think so many videos on youtube the girls are like i went to the hospital they sent me home it's so so upsetting i thought i was gonna have the baby so i didn't have to deal with any of that going to the hospital crap thinking i was having the baby because i was having it at home but i just legitimately thought i was having a baby almost every day for 30 days (laughs) jesus it was unbelievable (laughs) contractions painful Oh yeah, real ones like belly, con- you know, contracting like sweat, like, like breathing, like holding on to things, like looking at Ian, being like, "Is this it?" You know, just for thirty days. I kid you not. It was unreal, unbelievable, and really, really hard. And I would wake up in the night fifteen times a night to go to the bathroom, and just couldn't believe how heavy I was, and just it was in a fog. I didn't understand why this was happening to me. I would say to the universe, like, really, like why am I so big? Like it just was so heavy and it was really weird, but I, I felt a deep assurance that it was all good. It was all good that I, it was going to be okay. This giant 12 pound avatar was going to come out in the pool. I legit thought that I'm like, it's a healthy son or a little warrior Viking. Like me and you were like joking. It's a Viking, but then he was born 
And we were like, he's and how tiny. was that? Well, how long, like, how was that? So Ian went to the shed. Okay, so the day of the birth, October 6th, I am laying in bed for three hours, sweating and contracting, thinking nothing of it because it had been happening for 30 days. So I turn on a hypnobirth meditation and was going in and out of some sort of state, sweating. And this time, in this day, I felt possible hope that it could be the real birth because it felt more period crampy than every other contraction I'd had. I, I was like, oh, this is kind of like period crampy. So I got up and did some hip circles and immediately was told by my intuition of that doesn't feel right, that I needed to relax and just be comfortable, that I wasn't needing to circle my hips. So I go back to the bed for a little bit longer and then I was like, God, I need to take a bath. I'm just so uncomfortable. I'm just going to take a bath. And Ian comes in the bathroom and I said, you know, this could go on for another week. So go back to the shed, do your work. And he's a woodworker and he went back to the shed. And then 20 minutes later he came back and I said, you know, I don't know. I'm just uncomfortable. I think I want you to take a bath with me. Like I could just use the emotional support. And he got in and I started doing this weird hip swerving thing, circling thing. And then I like put my arms around him for a sec. And then my kids got home. Like my friend Melissa came home with my kids and brought them, my older daughters and brought them into the bathroom. Well, not quite. They, they didn't come in until right after he came out. But then, and this part's really strange. I said, I told you this the other day. <laughs> this is so weird. I literally said, I tilt my head down and I go, the ring of fire. It was this like psycho, like masculine voice. It felt like, I don't know. I said, the ring of fire. And then his head was birthed. (laughs) Ian says he didn't hear it, but I distinctively remember. And also Ian said I screamed and I don't remember screaming. So those are two little moments that like, I don't remember screaming and I know I channeled like some ancient galactic man <laughs> to like, <laughs> is so that crazy? It was crazy. It was crazy. And then he was born and he came out just perfectly. And me and Ian looked at him and we're like, he's tiny. We're like, he's so small. Like I was expecting this like enormous dinosaur. How much did he weigh? He was seven pounds, which is huge for twins. He was 7.4, actually. But to me, I was expecting, you know, Bhavani, my second daughter, again, 10 and a half pounds that I delivered alone. So I'd already been through, you know, this with the birth. Like, to me, this is like, yeah, yeah, I deliver my own baby. He's little, you're like, umbilical cord, everything's fine. Yeah, Yeah, he's crying. He did a little cry. Everything was fine. And then three or four minutes goes by. And I think, I think this is the placenta. I was like, I guess I'm getting ready. (laughs) (laughs) like getting ready for the placenta and then then I like reach down and literally two legs are dangling (laughs) out (laughs) two legs are dangling out of me and I I feel the legs and I feel it and I say I look at Ian and I go it's legs I'm like (laughs) oh I forgot to tell you the part when I looked at Ian and I said he's being I was like he's born he's coming out you know and he's, he was like, what, what? It's being born? I said that too, right before he came out. So I'm <laughs> being very, up. yeah, I was like, he's coming out. And he was like, what? I can't believe this. And then, oh, it's a boy. Wah. You know, oh my God, placenta. <laughs> and then placenta. Legs. legs. And I look at him and I go, it's legs. It's a yoni. It's a baby. <laughs> and then I got the download across my third eye, meaning I heard in my consciousness, get her out quick. 
So I grabbed her with both hands around her torso and I had a contraction or the energy hit me and I pushed and I forcefully like bared down a little bit and pulled with my hands, which a lot of midwives will tell you, don't pull a breech baby. The head can get stuck. Well, that might've happened to some woman at some point, but in this birth, I was meant to pull. I was told to pull by my consciousness told me to do that. And I did it and it worked and she came out real quick, but she wasn't breathing. And for one moment, my hood rat self said, Oh, is it going down like that today? Like I literally wondered in that moment, like is one baby dead? You know, is this my fate? And I sucked out of her nose with my lips and nothing came. There was no liquid and I breathed into her mouth. And so at this point, I forgot to share that Bhavani and Satya walked in the literal minute he was born. They had come home from a friend's and we had no idea when the baby was being born. So it was just, we couldn't plan. Otherwise I would have had them there for sure. Like the whole thing, but they walked in the second he was born. But then my friend Melissa took the girls, by the way, she's an amazing, amazing doula. (laughs) Holy shit. Took the girls out into the yard for a little walk. And I called to her and I said, Melissa, come like, come in. And she saw the second baby and I said, can you help me get her breathing? And she jumped in the tub and... How much time had passed then since you came up? Well, she was born five minutes after, three to five minutes, we don't know exactly, after he was born. And it'd probably been like 30 seconds of no breathing. So she hops in and she immediately, she's an RN. So she starts pumping the heart. And I say, be gentle, like really sternly. And she goes, there's a pulse. And then I breathed over the mouth one more time. And Melissa goes over the nose and the mouth. And so I moved my mouth over the nose and the mouth. And it was a few of those breaths. And then she starts crying. Oh, my God. And then it took like 30 more seconds for like the big cry. She starts breathing and like, you know, and then 30 more seconds for the big cry. And then all was well. And then we got out of the tub pretty soon after that. And... Back to tandem nursing, and I did not actually... Did you have any moment that was like a panicky no, moment? None. None. Just the way you told that story, it was like... It was so faded. It was like, there's a... I was like, be gentle, because I didn't want her to like crack open her rib cage, you know? And I had asked Melissa two weeks before the birth, if a baby wasn't breathing, would you be able to resuscitate it? And she was like, I think so. That was so our you only. Had like a little, a teeny bit, but I mean, it, it goes by. It was happening. I mean, like you had a little intuition that that I you guess would have had to. I didn't have that consciously, yeah. but yeah. looking back, I said that, and that's when I say everything is faded. This is also faded into surrender. And I've had multiple teachers in times of freedom say, you know, just relax and surrender. The more you can let go, the better it's going to get. Keep surrendering. Trust. 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 And that's been the wisdom of my life is to trust. So yes, bad things can happen, but we've also heard that universe only gives you what you can handle and what is meant for you. What's meant for you can't miss. So yeah, something bad could happen, but like rise up to the challenge. And I don't mean that risk your baby's life. Your intuition is going to tell you if you need a team of people to help you resuscitate your baby. And I fully believe that if you have your connection to great spirit, on lock, as I would call it, which comes from your daily sadhana, your daily spiritual practice, and your connection to Mother Earth. This story is 
someone needs to like make a little movie out of this out of this whole experience it's unbelievable it's yeah. legs have you yeah. ever heard of anyone having this sort of birth experience before? you know i was kind of into Surprise this breach baby I don't know about a surprise breach, but I did watch a YouTube video a long time ago. It's in the birth, the conscious birth circles. Like a lot of the free birthing women, the women want to take back birth on planet Earth that are no longer like approving of the way that birth has become a, a systemic, you know, kind of crazy situation. Birth is at this point a crazy situation in most countries. It's not. It's not ideal. It's not nurturing. It's not. We're not treating the the goddess as sacred and holy, and we need to change but how to get there is going to be different 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 paths different paths so I like to tell every woman that they are surrendering and that it's going to happen for them they're going to be provided for no matter what it is even if it's a challenge just like my first birth with ripping open my yoni and having a hospital birth even though I wanted a home birth and you know, hobbling out of there with blood dripping down my leg, like it kind of was gnarly my first birth, that it's faded and that it's okay, that everything's okay, and that everything's happening for a reason. Hmm. And I think I might have got sidetracked there a little bit, but no, this, 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 this yeah. story this is so then it's also we like, of course, the... of all people, this happens to you. <laughs> oh, I was shocked. I really, really was. Because <laughs> then is and I were like, like I was giving him little updates. He's like, is she, she popped. But yet, like, did she have that boy yet? You this know, I was like, building guess birth. what happened? <laughs> That's yeah. And looking back, it's like, duh, I should have known. But I wasn't supposed to know because maybe if I had known, I would have been scared. Mm. <gasps> I'm going to deliver my own twins or, you know, in Costa Rica, they'll cesarean you uh, for twins and especially breach. Oh, yeah. It was the video. There was a video that I watched oh, yeah. looking back. Wow. Why was I interested in watching this woman? birth her breech twins in her bathroom 10 years ago that fascinated me i thought yeah damn she i thought wouldn't you just pull it out like grab a foot and pull it out like that to me makes sense and you know there's a lot of women that say don't teach that because the head can get locked but i think the head can but it also can't hmm. and i'm the proof that it can't because i pulled this baby out and that woman pulled her baby out you know so it's not the same for every birth hmm. and we need the medwives, we're calling them these days, the ones that are extremely... Uh, the medwives. We're calling them medwives because they're so programmed by the medical. And it's not their fault. They have to go through these rigorous medical trainings in order to get the license to become a midwife. And that's the whole reason why they make them go I through that I just found process. out that one of the girls that work at the studio, she's pregnant right now. And she, I recommended the, the little midwife center that I went to because they were all... One of two, I think, on the whole island that that uh, are pro home birth, and she went there, and they're not anymore. Oh. So in the two years since I had the baby, they have decided that they're not in support okay. of of home, home birth, birth anymore. So now I actually I don't know even in 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 Aruba where. And I think that the whole like someone, yeah. focus on home birth is kind of like played out. I'm just like it doesn't matter where hmm. it matters is the woman taken care of? Is she empowered? Is she is it? Is she being treated like a sacred, sovereign, holy goddess during this powerful initiation? Because it is. It's a shamanic initiation when you have a baby. It's a rite of passage. So how can we create certain settings that are safe and nurturing where we have mm. options and choices? Yeah. And if it's at the hospital, you know, can we create that there? Yeah. Or how about it not be at the hospital, but like a beautiful hotel where there's like 
on-call doctors and, yeah. you know, or, or birthing and, centers where it's right and yeah. in China or in some countries in Asia, they like literally go to this hotel after they have their baby for like two months. It's, it's or a month or two and they get waited on hand and foot. That's the norm. Or like where you're from people to get time off when they have a baby. Yeah. Can, whoa. Imagine to be <laughs> able to of time. Yeah. imagine to get to nurture yourself. And women in America do not have that. Hmm. It's like six weeks back to work. Hmm which is really sad. I would not want to leave my baby after six weeks. And I feel if a woman doesn't want to leave her baby, but has to, or she has to give up her bread and butter, Hmm. that's abusive. (laughs) We need to give uh, the goddess more time to heal. So then we did the cord burning ceremony, which I am also putting into this podcast Mm. because it was really rad. I had never done anything like that. Um, I cut the cord with Bhavani. So two placentas. One placenta placenta fused into a heart shape. Oh yeah, I remember you so sharing cute. that. Yeah, um, they were. She was six point nine, and he was seven point four. So that's actually huge for twins. Apparently, I didn't know anything about twins before this, but everyone's like, "Oh my god, that's enormous!" And we did the cord burning, which is a really an ancient ceremony where you literally light the cord on fire instead of cut it. And so. how? What, what happens to the cord? Like, how does it? It kind of smells a little like barbecue. <laughs> Ours actually. <laughs> Ours actually popped. It was what? like, this really, and it scared us. It was great. I don't think that's normal. That was really weird. But, and that was a little stressful at that moment. I, looking back, I wish I could have been more comfortable physically. I was kind of like perched on the bed in a weird hmm. way still. And we just didn't get me comfortable on the bed right after the birth. And I honestly felt like I got hit by a truck. Like for several weeks after I was like, damn twins. That was hard. Dude, (laughs) that was hard. Whoa. And And then you're nursing too at the same time. But I did the Yoni steaming. Mm. That was so good. I highly, highly recommend Yoni steaming. There's a woman called the steamy chick who sells it like ready to go. So, or you can, it's like a little stool you like sit on or you hover above. You can, or you can buy your, make your own, but it's the herbs, the herbs Uh in the package that are ready to steam. She has, and, or anyone can source them however they want locally or at a co-op or something. You were talking about that middle of the class. The other day, so do you remember? <laughs> Yoni me. It's just women have issues with our wombs and you know, bladder infections or yeast infections or any of the women's issues. Yoni steaming clears up mm. fibroid tumors, you know, cancers of the the womb and the uterus. Definitely need to steam the yoni because it takes out the toxins. It removes old dead energy and makes it fresh. It's fresh yoni is very important. We need fresh yoni. No, and people actually say that they have the best lovemaking of their life after they've started yoni steaming. So go to steamychick.com if you're interested in learning about yoni steaming because she has a lot of amazing information. But that really sped my healing. Hmm. I healed so much faster from the twins' birth than I did from Bhavani's birth. And I didn't know about yoni steaming six years ago. And that was two babies instead of one. And I really healed quickly. I, I, I feel... I'm still healing a little bit, like, and I, but it's it's definitely. It took me two years to heal after Satya opened me up and I ripped open. Hmm. I had an injury in my right inner thigh for two years. After this birth, super fast healing. So I'm still healing, but it's almost done. And wow. So yeah, epic birth, epic birth, epic story. Thank you for sharing this with us. I feel like this is going to open so many women's eyes. Like. Absolutely. You're an 
inspiration to all of us. Do you have any um, final little medicine you want to share with the world? God is love. Trust your breath. Breath is the healing elixir for all, for the mind, for the body and the spirit. Your breath coming in is what can heal you and help you and help awaken you and help you on your path. It can give you the next step, your breath. And that I love you and I'm so grateful and I so believe in you as a healer and as a leader and just you're a huge, huge piece of the puzzle for all of us. And I'm so grateful to be in your company in any way and just I love you, you so, so much. One day I'm going to move you over to Aruba. And I'm going <laughs> to move you to Costa Rica. Okay, good. I can do that. Yeah, that, that's a, that's another dream. But hey, it's not that far. Dude, it's not. It's actually really close. Yeah, yeah. Let's ready. hang out more. Okay, everybody listening, if you want to follow along on Ashley's journey and listen to more of this wisdom, you can follow her on Instagram. Her school is Infinite Source Yoga, or her personal Instagram is OG Yogini. Thanks, Rach. Thank you for I listening. Love Thank you so everyone. Much. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and a huge thanks to my guest and my friend, Ashley Allbrand. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com slash listen on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Ritual and ZipRecruiter. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.